Amen. I don't know how that piano keeps working after every Sunday. It's good. Thank you, Cheryl. We are um, this morning continuing our series on thankful, being thankful, and dealing with the enemies of gratitude, those things in our lives, uh, whether attitudes or external things that keep us from offering thanks and uh, praise to God. And so this morning, our scripture comes from uh, the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Matthew 22, verses 1 through 14. As you're able, would you stand in honor of the reading of God's Word? Matthew 22, verses 1 through 14. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Then he sent some more servants and said, Tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. My oxen and fattened cattle have been butchered and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready. But those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good, and the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how did you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited, but few are chosen. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Weddings are the best of times, and weddings are the worst of times. In almost every culture... Uh, wedding ceremonies are a big deal, right? Lots of money spent on the ceremony and the reception, not to mention uh, the rehearsal and rehearsal dinner. Even if you don't have a lot of means, there's still pressure to put on a good show. I think back to our, our wedding day. Chris and I got married in her home church in Davisboro, Georgia. Small town, small church, nothing fancy. Um, and we had limited amount of money to work with, uh, to spend that, that was mostly given from her, her parents, but we didn't, we didn't spend much money, but a lot of detail, a, a, a lot of detail <laughs> went into, uh, almost every facet of the wedding, the colors, the food, the, the dresses and the invitations. With a smaller church, we were limited in the amount of people that could attend. That meant that we had to think long and hard about who we wanted to invite. Most of us here, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, have been invited to a wedding. Usually when you see, receive a wedding invitation, 
It's because you either you know the bride or you know the groom or, or you know both. And so when you receive the invitation, you're excited. Um, but if you attend, you have to think about the cost of attending. If you're in the bridal party, you have to think about the cost of the dress or the suit. If the wedding is a destination wedding, uh, you have to think about the cost of lodging and travel. But typically the cares and the cost of the wedding are offset by the joy we have for the bride and the groom. So when we read this parable in Matthew 22 of the wedding banquet, we already have a sense of what it feels like to receive an invitation to a wedding. But I don't know how many of us have ever been to a royal wedding. We've seen them on TV, you know, talking about England and their royal weddings, but I've never been to a royal wedding. In this case, this is the wedding of the king's son, and the king has sent out invitations, uh, most likely to the elites of society, and these would have been the ones to, to expect uh, to attend. The king would have expected these, these folks to, be, uh, to attend. And typically, when the king sends out invitations, it wasn't really an option. Uh, the, inv- the invitation probably read, be there and uh, come properly dressed. So to refuse an invitation was the greatest of insults. It was the king who had summoned them to the banquet. So to refuse the king, that meant there would certainly be retribution. This is how our passage describes it. He, the king sent his servants to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Think about it. The king had spared no expense. I mean, the checkbook was open, okay, guys? I mean, everything was provided for them. All they had to do was show up, but instead they refused. They refused twice, even after the king had sent a second invitation. And not only did they refuse, some of them killed the messengers. At this, the king was done pleading and and bargaining again. This is the king we're talking about. And so hearing of their second refusal, the killing of of his servants, the king sent out his army, killing the guests, burning down their city. Now, it's here where we might realize something is off, right? Something is off. This isn't your normal wedding protocol. I've seen some bridezillas. I've seen some infighting amongst future in-laws, right, before the wedding. I've never seen killing involved. Maybe some intent was there, but never actual murder and burning of cities. It's here where we've got to remember this is a parable. It's a story that Jesus is telling to describe the kingdom of God. And here in Matthew's gospel, we realize that Jesus is giving us a history lesson. God has been inviting his people to a wedding feast for centuries. God's been sending servants and messengers, prophets, to speak to God's people to help them turn towards God and enjoy all of God's blessings. But time and time again, they have refused. And not only have they refused and gone back to their business and 
their farming or whatever. But they have killed some of the messengers. They've killed some of the prophets, God's servants. And in turn, God would send his people into exile. He used other nations to burn down their cities. And now through Jesus and his coming, uh, his, his future sacrifice on the cross, God was opening up the invitation to all people, not just the Israelites, but to all people. And this is the great news for you and me. Listen to the parable. Then the king said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. So go to the street corners and invite to the banquet anyone you find. So the servants went out into the streets and gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. And the wedding was filled with guests. What this parable is saying is that God has opened up the invitation of salvation to everyone. The invitation is sent to everyone, the good and the bad. God has flung wide the gates of salvation to everyone. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're from. God's grace and mercy are for all. And I love that the bad are mentioned before the good. The scripture says that uh, the servants gathered all the people they could find, the bad as well as the good. I think that's a reminder that we are not the judge and jury. We're not the king. The king has decided that anyone is welcome at the banquet. Anyone is invited to receive salvation. We're simply, we're simply called to go out as his servants and find anyone to fill up the wedding, to fill up the banquet hall. Anyone who's willing to come. Reminds me of what Jesus said earlier in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew 5, 45. Speaking about God, Jesus says, He causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. Sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Just like the sun shines on everyone, the rain pours down on everyone, God has sent out an invitation for salvation to everyone. The good and the bad, or the bad and the good. It makes me think about those blanket invitations that we send out. You ever done that? Um, the, um, the ones you put in like a church bulletin or a newsletter? Maybe you put it in the newspaper. I'm not talking about the wedding announcement. I'm talking about the actual invitation where you, where you send out an invitation and you say, all are invited. Um, you know, so like I, I, as a preacher's kid, um, something a, a preacher's kid might do is send it all, send a wedding invitation to all the past churches that our family has served. And, and in that invitation, all are welcome. But typically when we do that, we don't really mean everybody's welcome. If everybody showed up that, was, that read the, the invitation, we probably couldn't fill them in the church, right? You ever send an invitation out like that? Well, God's invitation is not limited. God's not hoping some will say no. God's hoping and praying that everyone will say, yes, it's open to you, it's open to me. All we have to do is accept it. 
to join the party. And we've got to remember that none of us deserves to be there. None of us deserves to be invited. None of us deserves God's grace and mercy. We haven't done a thing. I haven't done a thing. You haven't done a thing. It is only by God's grace and mercy that we have been invited, that salvation is even offered. It's Jesus who bridges the gap between us and God, who gave his life so that our sins might be forgiven and that God would welcome us into his family. None of us deserves to be invited. I guess that's what I want us to, to never forget. As we talk about being thankful and we address the enemies of gratitude, one of the enemies is entitlement. Being entitled. Feeling entitled. We cease to be thankful to God when we start thinking that we deserve His grace and mercy and forgiveness and blessing. Entitlement kills gratitude because when we think we deserve everything God gives us, why would we thank Him? Why show gratitude when we think we should already uh, have everything? I think that's a real issue for those of us who have been walking this walk for a long time. For those of us who have called ourselves Christian for more years than not, I think entitlement can easily start to grow in us. We start to think that we're due things. We're due God's blessings. Then we've got to, that we have some sort of rights that others may not be entitled to. Or, we start to experience the cousin of entitlement. You know what the cousin of entitlement is? We start to take things for granted. We take for granted that we've been invited to the wedding. We take for granted that the church will always be there, that worship will always be there, that the church will always do this or that. And we sort of put our faith on cruise control. We take our foot off the gas and we begin to take it easy. And then, then a pandemic happens. Everything's upended. Suddenly our routine gets blown to bits. Suddenly we have to take, our, our, take ownership of our own faith. Because worship isn't like it was. Church isn't like it was. The things we took for granted or felt entitled to aren't there anymore. So now what? Well, all of this, including our parable in Matthew, remind us that while the invitation is open to all, there are still some expectations of the wedding guest. There are still some expectations of those attending the wedding. Listen to the end of our passage. But when the king came in to see the guest, he noticed a man there who was not wearing wedding clothes. He asked, how'd you get in here without wedding clothes, friend? The man was speechless. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot, throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are invited and few are chosen. That seems harsh, right? I mean, that's what you're all thinking. That's what I'm thinking. These people 
weren't expecting the, the invitation. Remember, this invitation to the wedding was for the elites. Now the king has opened it up to the good and the bad. So what's the big deal about not being dressed appropriately? Well, here's the thing. As we've already stated, everyone was invited. But the rules of protocol were still in place for the wedding. God is still king. God is still holy. The invite is not a casual one. It's been paid by the shedding of the precious blood of Jesus. It is not a cheap blessing. All are free to come, but to come on God's terms. You see, we're all called to be transformed. This man was not really interested in doing it the king's way. He was interested in doing it his way. As a reminder, this is a parable about the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom, things are done God's way. No matter what we might think, what we would like for things to go, things are done God's way in, in his kingdom because he's king. Now, some may ask, some of you may ask, well, <clears throat> suppose this was all the clothes that he had, right? I mean, that's a reasonable question. But our answer comes in, 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 in the scripture. If anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And then Galatians talks about clothing yourself with Christ. When we accept the invitation to follow Christ, we are made new. We become a new person. You see, the church, we, we need a fresh reminder of something. Yes, there is a moment of salvation. A moment of when we say yes to God and say yes to the invitation. And if you have not said yes to a relationship with Christ, then this morning is, is that moment. It is that moment to say yes, to begin walking with Jesus. That invitation, again, is open to everyone. But then we must realize that there, there's also a lifetime of being saved. We are saved... And being saved. We cannot forget this. We are saved in Christ and we are being saved in Christ. We have to put on Christ every day. We have to keep pursuing Christ daily. That is what the poorly dressed man reminds us. So how do we do that? How do we keep from feeling entitled to what God freely gives? How do we keep from not taking for granted all that God has given us? Well, we practice the spiritual disciplines. I know that's not like fancy or anything or, or whatever, but we just, we, we practice spiritual disciplines. We read the scriptures. We pray daily. We fast. We meet. Uh, we worship together pri and, pri and privately. We give we serve. We meet regularly in small groups and Sunday school classes. We live out the means of grace. Those holy and special things that God has given us where we experience the grace of God through the scriptures and praying and meeting together. We do these things to remind us that none of us, none of us are where we are without the grace of God. None of us 
are where we are without the grace of God. And we aren't where we are without God first sending out the invitation. And that's also a way for us to stay grounded. If we want to stay grateful and thankful for all that God has given us, all that God has blessed us with, we need to go out and share that invitation with those around us. We must go out and continue to invite others to God's feast, to God's salvation party. If you don't want to forget that God has done all that God has done for us, then go out and invite others to the party. Because when we invite others, not, not just simply to church, but to a relationship with Jesus, we have to then share our own relationship with Jesus. And every time we do that, we get we remind ourselves of the invitation that we first received ourselves. So if you want to not take for granted. If you never want to feel a sense of entitlement for all that God has given you, then go and invite others. Invite them to the party. So let's stay thankful for God's invitation. And may we go out and share that invitation with those around us. Remember, I love you. God loves you. And God invites you. Amen. Let us pray.